Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Welcome, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. It is Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Yes. I'm Charlie. And I'm Eva. And we are here for you. Um, Corporate Talk is out there for you guys. We're using all our collaborative powers to make a difference in the workplace, in your life, and everywhere. Well, because... I'm going to just kind of talk about today a little bit. You know, when you don't feel good, you can't do a good job at work. So we we talk about a lot of different topics. Right. So the theme for today's show is, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? And we'll get into that um, shortly. Um, we are broadcasting live from our secure bunker in Cincinnati. Ohio. Ohio. If uh, anybody is in the Cincinnati area... Please email us, ctradioinfo at gmail.com. We have an event tomorrow night that we would like you guys to attend. At the Carnegie Center in Columbia, Tusculum, 6.30 p.m. We will be talking about shared leadership um, and how it's going to start a workplace improvement revolution. Excellent. So, yeah, be there, ctradioinfo at gmail.com. You know, we we started to learn something here in the last few months. Um, and what we learned is what's causing a lot of angst in the workplace mm-hmm. may not even be work. It may not be what we think or we assume it is, right? What we profile it as well, you know, it's my job and it's just a lot of stress. We're finding out that it's health. A lot of it has to do with health. Oh, a lot of it has to do with health and it, and a lot of it has to do with not feeling, you know, great at, at your job and then you just can't handle it. Every little thing stresses you out. I mean, work is stressful, don't get us wrong. Right. It's hard enough, right? It's hard enough, So you need to understand what else is going on that could put fuel to the fire. Right. Right? Right. And Uh, that's what we talked about last week on last week's show, and we're kind of doing a continuation of that this week Yeah, another author. We've been talking about it a lot, and there's many different aspects, right? Mm -hmm. And you talk about, you know, people say, no, I tried everything. I take vitamins. I take magic shakes. I work out. I work out. I do everything. I, you know, meditate. Um, I change jobs. They're spinning in a hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm thinking that what we're going to talk about today may be the solution. Well, and we have firsthand knowledge with the topic that we're going to be talking about today because we actually have been gluten-free for two Right, years. and so we get to cheat, right? Yeah, I, I want to also yeah. share that we we take pride in the content we bring forward, and we know it has value to help. We also take pride in that we meet 99% of our guests. Right. And um, 
today's guest is no exception. Um, and, you know, we'll introduce Anne and then we'll go from there. I think it's the best way to proceed, right? Because we have a very, very, very special guest, um, subject matter expert on the theme of the show, which is, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Right. Mainly around gluten. So, uh, I'd like to introduce Anne Sarkissian. Anne, are you with us? Hi. Hi, Anne. Hey, well. Uh, thanks, guys, well, for having me on the show. Yeah, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And I always also add thanks for being patient while I babble in the beginning. <laughs> um, so, Anne, why don't you first share your contact information so our listeners can maybe follow along while they... Uh, and your website. And your website. And the book. And the book. Okay, well, the book is called Toxic Staple, How Gluten May Be Wrecking Your Health and What You Can Do About It. I have a website, toxicstaple.com, with a blog that I'm trying to get going on. Um, and so you can go right to that and uh, hit some buttons if you would like to order the book. You can also order it at your favorite bookstore. It might be on the shelf, but you might have to order it. Um, excellent. Uh, very intense work went into that book. So. It, the book is amazing. It's such a comprehensive guide. There's so much information in it. It, it really is. It's, it's a reference guide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and- yeah, and like I said, we get to cheat, right? So um, we meet Mine's people. Why are not cheating on the diet? <laughs> no, right. Um, and that was good, Ann. I'm sure going forward, we're gonna we're gonna get into that more and more. Um, but I wanted to say first, right, just to start out at least with the workplace, and then you guys can can drill down. But um, so, Ann, would you agree that um, something as uh, a gluten intolerance could really be making you miserable and uncomfortable, which could be impacting work? Absolutely. There's no question about it. Whether it's celiac disease or a gluten intolerance, uh, both of them can be terrible. They can have terrible uh, diseases and symptoms going on. And, you know, this thing affects organs. I mean, how many people with heart disease know that myocardial infarction and atrial fib and cardiomyopathy are, there's research on these things connected to your heart. So, yeah. um, you know, corporate the corporate world has a lot of illness. I don't know what the absentee rates are between the workers and their sick children. You know, if you have a really mm-hmm. sick child, um, you may need to leave your job. So it can affect the business. It can affect your income. Right, and you don't have to not be there. You could be there and not be productive, which right. I think was happening in my case, right? Right. Um, and and I just want to add to the listeners. You know, we were we were at a uh, a summit where we were meeting all kinds of really interesting people, and when we had the opportunity to meet Anne, and she mentioned the gluten word. Man, did the light bulbs go on for us because we've been getting smarter in the topic and we know this is very important for the listeners. And I, I want to also add that we have, you know, people say things like, and, you know, I don't want to sound sarcastic because this is what they say. And they'll say, trust me, it's gluten free. Ha, 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 ha. 
right? And so people don't realize the importance of what it means when we say we're gluten free. They don't realize that it's that it's an issue, mm-hmm. right? I think it's a fad diet. I well, and I think a lot of people are using it as a fad diet. Yeah. Um, but there are many of us that have real issues with it. And you went along with me when I finally said, okay, I have to finally go gluten-free. I had been told I should be gluten-free at least 20 years ago by an alternative doctor in Chicago. And wow. it was very, very difficult at that time to become gluten-free because no one was really aware of it and what it meant. And you didn't know where gluten was hiding because it hides in everything. And, and, and I will talk about that in a little bit, but, um, now you see gluten-free everywhere, and it's almost gone the opposite end of the spectrum. And you'll hear people say, well, I'm gluten-free sometimes, but that doesn't really work. Um, no, Eva, a lot of people have jumped on this, and mm-hmm. it has become faddish. But my feeling is that if your headaches disappear, the bloating goes away, your tummy aches resolve, um, your, your skin issues and your reflux get better, you know, then you have a problem with gluten. And, you know, they're just sort of trying the diet. I think people that have certain issues like this should get tested. You need to know whether you are gluten intolerant or have celiac and then really face the diet because a little bit of gluten, if you're gluten intolerant, is not a good thing. Right, and you never really start feeling better. So... And why don't we take a step back for a second, and yeah. can you go through and explain how you got into all this and how you became an expert? Because I know your family really suffered with this, and you were the one that kind of figured out what needed to be done. Well, uh, one of my grandkids was very healthy at age two, and by five, his health was quite compromised. And he had, a, oh, probably 10 or 12 symptoms going on. He was as thin as a rail um, he was an irritable kid, very pale, hungry all the time. I hope mm-hmm. your listeners are keeping their ears open for their kids with some mm-hmm. of these because one of these symptoms is enough uh, from where I sit to look into it and, and check it out. Um, and then eventually um, intestinal issues developed. He had achy muscles in his legs and bones. Um, some serious things are linked to this. If we hadn't figured this out through a cousin's wife who had celiac, who, you know, the family gets together three times a year, the whole big extended group of us, and it was at that third meeting she said, Ann, why don't, you know, I think there's a test for celiac disease. Why don't you request it, you know? So we did, and the the kid was off the charts. So I began reading and reading, and I couldn't believe the information that was out there. And then I learned there was a genetic component, and I wondered, okay, who else in the family has this? Mm-hmm. And come to find out, we all do. And But we were all negative, all the rest of us, the other three grandkids, the three daughters, my husband and myself, we were negative on the blood test. The blood tests are not always picking up an intolerance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're setting... From my way of thinking, they're setting the bar very high. So by the time you do test positive for celiac disease, your health is very compromised. And um, and there's ways of figuring it out before you get so bad, you know? It's- well, and the thing is, is that even if you test, you test positive for it, 
the result is still the same. You still have to do the same. You still have to do. You still have to remove gluten from your diet, is what I'm trying to say. So if you test positive for celiac, there's no magic pill. It's you just have to remove gluten from your diet. So why not just try to remove it and see what happens? Well, you can do that, but if you want to then go back and get tested, um, then they would say, all right, you need to be eating gluten for two months. Mm-hmm. I, I actually did that because you I did? was on, on the diet with my grandson out of empathy, and all of a sudden I started feeling better. But I tested negative on the blood test, so I thought, well, I'm going to just go to the best in Boston and figure this out and get back on gluten, and um, yeah, it was still negative. Oh. So I had another test that showed I was highly positive uh, to some gluten antibodies. It just seems like um, somehow you, you're relentless um, in this quest, in this research, when you got some clues early on. What was your background prior? I mean, where did this, this research, you know, come from? You know, Charlie, I have no idea. Because basically, I taught school for a few years, I raised my kids, and then I um, became an artist of sorts. And um, I just, I felt my conscience would have bothered me if I hadn't decided to write a book. I just felt there are so many sick people out there with serious stuff that Mm -hmm. can be linked to gluten. You know, maybe something else is causing their problem. But so much of it, I mean, so many people get better when they take gluten out of their life. I talk to and, people all the time. And, well, and the thing is, too, the book is just so complete. So you didn't just put something out there. You put out information as if this has been your, you know, your life's career, which is just a uh, great job. Mm-hmm. Well, you thanks. Know? I'll tell you, um, at Sometime in year seven, my husband said, would you quit doing the research and get the book done? Jeez, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh my God. and just the other day, he said, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but he said, please talk. <laughs> and I knew what that meant. <laughs> I've been on my computer too much, you know, and it's still now that the book is done, I'm trying to get it out there. And there's a lot of work to that, which I had no idea about. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we're grateful, right? Um, we're going to take our first break, and then when we come back, we'll drill down more into what we were discussing, why get tested, when, what are some of the symptoms, what should we be looking for. Um, there's just so much more to cover, so please stay with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our very special guest, author Anne Sarkissian. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning Shared Leadership Training Seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. 
And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Ann Sarkissian. And Ann is the author of Toxic Staple, How Gluten May Be Wrecking Your Health and What You Can Do About It, which is an amazing, amazing reference guide. Um, you can also find out more about Ann at her website at ToxicStaple.com, and she is also working on a blog. So I'm sure everybody's looking forward to that as well to get all that great information. So, Ann, oh, when... Oh, I'm also working. Can I throw this in? Sure. Also working on a book of poems. They're all linked to gluten. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not quite sure how this is going to come off, but I've had a lot of fun doing it. (laughs) Well, you know, and maybe that's why your husband said we we need to talk, right? (laughs) When you're doing poetry poetry slams about gluten. (laughs) That's great. Um, so I had a couple questions for you around, do you think that these issues with gluten are new, or do you think it's something that has always been around? Well, celiac disease was described um, hundreds of years ago, way back in the time of, I think it was um, Art- Artemis. He was a Greek doctor. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it wasn't common, but people would have um, failure to thrive, they would be losing weight, they would have diarrhea, and eventually they'd die. But um, down through the years, I mean, especially in the last 50 years, uh, maybe the last 20 years, I don't know, it seems to have gone crazy. And I think some of it has to do with not genetically modifying wheat because I understand that they haven't done that, but they have hybridized it and they've mm-hmm. changed it so that the wheat that they now use today, some of it even has more gluten, I understand, because the bakers like that. But it's different from what, you know, our grandparents were making their pies and donuts with way back when we were kids. You know, we hear that it's genetically modified. Everybody seems to, that seems to be the term and you just said sort of like it's hybridly modified. Yeah, and I heard hybridized, which yeah. m- gives it a shorter growth cycle, I thought. So it's like it used to be wheat was really tall, and now it's short so that it can sure, grow faster. It needs a thicker stem. It's got a heavier uh, head of grain on it. I mean, they've. Uh, I think I read that they have changed it a couple thousand times. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but they've certainly messed around with it. And then um, I'm hearing that they are spraying it with that awful um, glyphosate, I think it is, or glycosate. And, I mean, this is just not good stuff for anybody. So I think it's a combination of uh, changing the wheat and all the chemicals in it, everything. I mean, you can't get away from chemicals. Yeah, no, it's really bad, and a lot of people are really sensitive to it. So... Why don't we talk a little bit about what some of the symptoms are that people might be experiencing that they might not even realize can be attributed to gluten. Like I didn't realize some of my symptoms could be attributed to gluten until I uh, I think I read Wheat Belly Diet, and that's when I was like, oh, I really need to get off the gluten. Um, and that was about, it's been about two years now. And how are you doing? 
much better, Good. much better. And Charlie too, just, he just did it with me and he didn't realize how much better he was going to feel. Well, I panicked, right? Because <laughs> as an Italian, I, I live on bread and pasta. Yes, right. you really did. So you really did. I needed to make an immediate adjustment. Right. Well, you right. still have those things. Yes, yes. No, we're getting smarter you know, now. I agree. There's a pretty good um, bread up up in our neck of the woods that comes from some little bakery in New Hampshire. And, uh, boy, good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So but, what are some of the symptoms well, that people you know, might be experiencing? All, let me just say that you can have full-blown celiac disease and have no symptoms. Or mm-hmm. you might, after you're diagnosed, you might look back and say, oh, I was a little tired in the afternoon at 3, I needed a nap. Oh, I would get a cold every now and then. Or oh, maybe my joints bothered me a little bit. Or I got a headache every now and then. Um, so, you know, it was a little retroactive uh, realizing that maybe you had a few things. But, but people that have serious migraines or skin issues, um, autoimmune diseases are pretty highly linked to gluten, and a number of people that I've talked with seem to control them by taking gluten out, and if they get hit with gluten, it, you know, it seems to react mm-hmm. right away, um, but certainly a lot of gastrointestinal issues, and, you know, they talk about IBS as being like a separate problem, but there is some research linking IBS to gluten, and, you know, it's I mean, I look at all of this as a, a toxicity issue. It's not a, it's not a disease. Mm, you know, okay. We're eating something that we should not be consuming, and it's making us sick. Um, well, and then taking drugs to cover the symptoms. Yeah, that makes it worse. Right. We're killing ourselves. Right. Right. But what I wanted to ask is um, gluten intolerance and celiac, two different things? Or, in well, other words, are they directly linked? No, well, you know, they're sort of uh, interlinked. I mean, celiac disease is when you, if you were to put your hand up in front of your face with your fingers extended um, and look at those little fingers as little villi, you know, if, if you have celiac disease, those fingers now make a fist slowly and they are getting damaged. And pretty soon they're worn down to nothing. Well, it might take years. It might take a couple of decades. But um, that might happen in a couple of years, like it did with my grandkids. But um, when you talk about that, explain that a little bit. What the villi villi so, are? So it's villi, um, well, they're just little microscopic hairs in the gut, and they absorb. So, so if you extend your fingers again, and you can see there's a lot of absorption room up and down each finger, up and down each hair. So all your nutrients, your vitamins and minerals micronutrients and what have you, um, get absorbed into your body through those villi. So if your villi are damaged, this thing can affect any part of your body, from your brain to your neurons, your muscles, your tissue, your what are, uh, bones, blood, um, organs, and even the fetus. And I have a chapter on um, women's issues and pregnancy issues and a big, long chapter on neurological issues. Uh, it's huge. But anyway, so back to um, celiac is with damaged villi, but you can be gluten intolerant 
and not have the damaged villi, but yet you can still suffer from a, a huge array of ailments. And it seems that about 1% of the population has celiac disease. Of those numbers, of the 3 million that they say have it, only about 20% of those people have been diagnosed. So that does not say a whole lot about uh, testing and awareness of our medical professionals on this topic. Well, because you hear so many people saying that they have IBS. Right. But when I bring up, you know, have you looked at gluten, most of them would say no. No, and, they haven't. And the doctors haven't suggested it either because they don't right. know. Right. And it's amazing how your symptoms can really kind of dissipate once you remove gluten from your diet. But it can also be a little bit tricky to remove it from your diet. Isn't that true? Well, there's a definite learning curve. But, you know, before you go into that, I just want to mention that those with gluten intolerance, there's probably about 30% of the population, which is a lot. That's a huge difference. That is huge, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so I just cut you off and I forgot what you said. So. No, no, th- that's okay. Cause actually I wanted to go back to that. So when it comes to the gluten intolerance and celiac, the symptoms are similar, but they're not, or are they, or can they be exactly the same? I was thinking that maybe they're not exactly the same, but can they be? Well, you know, th- there's so much crossover and there's so many symptoms and diseases linked to this. It's very confusing trying to keep track of it all. But mm-hmm. I think um, now you can have certain neurological symptoms and not have damaged villi or not have celiac disease. But then again, you can probably have those same issues and have damaged villi. So, okay. you know, it's tricky. It's really mm-hmm. tricky. And you need uh, a doctor that knows how to test. And there lies a huge problem. Yeah, the reason why I asked about the two is because I think that works against the gluten intolerant population because they're associated with celiac and say, I don't think that's me. Mm-hmm. When in fact it may not be, but they have a gluten intolerance. Or they're tested for celiac, like Ann was saying earlier, and it tests negative. Right. I think right. what's happening is I just figured this out recently. I was reading about Dr. Marsh, and he's a researcher from, I think, the UK that developed a um, a chart of the various levels of damage of your villi. So mm. zero, M0, M is for Marsh. Uh, Marsh, yeah, is his name. Uh, M0 is healthy villi, and then you go M1, 2, and 3, and level 3 has A, B, and C. And I I think, and I need to go to a lab and, and talk with some people and see if I can track this down because I wasn't finding it on the web. But I think that um, they're basically setting the level, say, call it 20. If you test 20 or above, you have celiac disease. If, what if you're 19 or 18? Or what if right. you're 6 or 8 or 10? And showing certain antibody reactivity, but maybe not huge. You haven't hit the 20 marker yet, but you're on your way. And he, he developed this in 82, And in 92, at one of the big conferences, he was saying, um, folks, we need to look at the lower numbers now because that's telling us something, that these people are on their way to getting sick. Maybe they already have some mild symptoms. I don't know. but um, And and that has not been uh, explored as far as I can see. 
Right. It seems like that's that's too easy. That would be a good job to have. Well, yeah. now let's go yeah. to the lower numbers. Yeah. I mean, and I believe there's even another um, article that I read that I quote in the book about the same thing. You know, you have to pay attention to the lower numbers. Um, and basically, most doctors, unless you go to a big university hospital uh, where they have a celiac clinic, um, most doctors, if they know about this, are just giving one test. And I, I really, people need a panel of tests to figure this out. And they need to request them. And then That's the doctor, doctor might say, well, I've heard of a couple cases where they said, well, we're only giving you the first test because the insurance won't cover the other two. Well, if you have really bad health problems going on, either you need to say, I'm going to pay for these tests, or then there's a fellow that does a stool test, which is very sensitive. And I, you know, I would almost just say skip the blood testing and do the stool testing. It's out of pocket. It's the best money I ever spent. I did my whole family, and um, because we were all negative on the blood tests, except for the grandson that was so sick. And um, so we found out about this. We were all positive. Everybody's health has turned around. I can't imagine what shape I would be in. At my ripe old age, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in far better shape in my early 70s than when I was in my 40s. Unbelievable. Um, no, I, it really is, and um, we can talk more about that when we come back. We're going to take our second break. I think we're all getting smarter, and we're all learning about um, the good and the bad and the ugly around gluten. So please stay with us. A lot more to come. Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Okay, everyone, uh, we are in segment three of today's show, which is uh, learning all about gluten with our special guest, Anne Sarkissian, um, the author of Toxic Staple How Gluten May Be Wrecking Your Health and What You Can Do About It. Um, and before we continue, um, I see that you, this book, which we, all you got to do is go through it briefly and realize it's the real deal, um, had some awards and the 2004-14 iPine Book Awards winner. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, that was great. Yeah, I mean, this is the type of thing, and I, I don't want to make light of it. Um, it, sh- it should be on, you know, like when you go sit in the doctor's office and behind him he's got the bookshelf, he's got all the reference books. This needs to be there, right? Thank you. And, and they need to understand that. And, you know, um, and I said this once before, so forgive me um, to another guest, but 
I don't know what else to say, but we need to call Dr. Oz, right? Because, oh, oh. <laughs> do you have an in with him? <laughs> um, yeah, because this is like impacting everyone. And, um, you know, I, it's almost as if everyone should be on a gluten-free diet, or is that getting carried away? Well, um, I'm not quite sure about that. The, the um, expert out of Mass General, uh, Dr. Fasano, is claiming that nobody can digest wheat, that we don't have the enzymes across the world. So um, it's going to give us problems. But, you know, he said he, some of his cohorts say that nobody should be consuming wheat. He doesn't say that. I think I read this in his book. So I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of appears that if 30% of the population are sensitive, you know, maybe eventually when they get old enough and as time goes on, things will, you know, keep increasing. I have no idea. Well, at first I thought maybe it was a U.S. problem, you know, like the wheat we grow here. Yeah. But when you hear 30% of the population, it's wheat in general, I guess. Well, I'm thinking, well, thir- that those numbers... Well, actually, you know, I'm not quite sure about those numbers. That I think Dr. Fine talks about 30% in the states. So I'm mm. not sure about Dr. Mash whether that's a world thing or a UK thing. But, Interesting. Uh, you know, it's it's in China. I mean, there are parts of China that that have grow wheat, and there are parts that don't. And this thing um, is surfacing in the parts that do grow wheat. And of course, now they have all the the American junk food over there. You know, yeah. the little bags of gluten. <laughs> right. So, um, so it's mean, popping up more and more. And the same you know, thing with India, I believe. It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually more common, a little more common, or maybe they just do better testing, um, in the Scandinavian countries, I believe. Really? Yeah. You know, what's interesting about it is, well, you know, I was also thinking about something when we were just talking. I think a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions around what gluten is, mm-hmm. right? And I know we were talking about wheat, but can you explain a little bit about what gluten is and that it is really just particular to wheat? Well, it's, it's also in rye and barley, and it's also, it's not actually in oats, but it's uh, all of our oats are contaminated in this country because of the wheat fields and where they uh, gather it and store it and how they do it. And it's, uh, So I don't eat regular oats, but I get them from British Columbia. They cost mm. a little bit more, <laughs> you know. And some people can't handle oats, period, but they don't have gluten in it. But, um, okay, the first part of your question, take me back. What is gluten? Oh, gluten. Okay, so gluten mm-hmm. is a... It's a very sticky substance that keep that holds the bread together. It's a protein. It's part of a protein. And there are other parts, too, that may also be harmful, but, but I don't think that much research has been done on the rest of them. But, but the gluten itself is a little part of the, um, the protein. And it, it's just sticky. It makes the flour, the bread, stay together. So if you're making bread with uh, rice flour, you know, you need to use something that's going to add the, the stickiness to it, some xanthan gum or something like that. And, and gluten is just not a nice protein. It is just raising havoc with our mm-hmm. bodies. Um, this is a little off topic, but I always seem to think that 
corn might be a distant relative only because sometimes we feel similar symptoms from corn. Well, what they're doing to the corn, I, I think I had all of two ears of corn this summer, and I got them at the local farm stand, and then I asked, you know, is this stuff genetically modified or not? Because they're doing terrible things to our food supply, terrible. And... um yeah. Corn is not in the family. If it, if it has gluten, it's a different type. The ones that really bother people are in the grass family, the wheat, rye, and barley. And there's a few other very odd grains, uh, farro, einkorn. Um, I can't think. Yeah, we kind of lumped them. We're not, we're not, um, anti-corn, <laughs> but we kind of, try to avoid it like the gluten. Well, what I found was when we went gluten-free, a lot of the gluten-free foods that you can eat have corn in them. Right. And what I started what started happening for me, not really for Charlie, but for me was that I would eat corn and all of a sudden I wouldn't feel really great. Yeah. And I started to realize that oh, it's corn for me too as well as gluten. Right. That really affects me. And then I started reading about corn and corn is genetically modified and also there's pesticides. You have to be very careful what type of corn you eat. So that, too, um, can be a problem. And then also, I think, after a while, your system starts to get kind of compromised in terms of what it can even break down. Um, and I think that, it, especially as you get older, you start losing a lot of the enzymes that you have, the digestive enzymes. So it gets even tougher to break all that down. But when it comes to um, gluten and when it comes to wheat, it's not, I think people think that, well, if I just give up cookies and breads and pastas, I should be fine. But it's really in a lot of different things, isn't oh, it? it's in everything. You know, some yeah. people think, well, I'm going to give, uh, give up gluten for two or three weeks and then see how I feel. Mm-hmm. You don't even begin to get a handle on what gluten is in, in two or three weeks. Right. And and even 11 years later, I mean, I made a mistake not too long ago. I forgot to ask about something, and the, the darn crab that I had was rolled in flour. Mm. And I had no clue about that, cause, uh, and it was stupid of me, and I paid for it the next day. <laughs> well, we learn even things like soy sauce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, which uh, we never would have thought and made the connection if we were looking. Right, not in right. the beginning. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. you know, the food industry... I mean, it's growing by leaps and bounds uh, as far as gluten-free foods and options. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, there are some pretty good breads out there. The breads used to be terrible, but now they're very good, most of them. And, you know, cookies, And although the bottom line is always about making a buck. So, you know, if they put just a little more of the good oil in or the good butter, <laughs> you know, it would even taste better. But... Right. But there are uh, a lot of products for people. So that we, like we're finding that as well, and I agree with you 100%. It's like month by month, the selection gets better and better. Well, that's because everyone's aware of it now, and it's become in some ways almost faddish. And I know, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I would try to go gluten-free, it was really tough. And, and the gluten-free options that they had were awful. I mean, they were not. Oh, yeah. You couldn't eat them. They were that bad. Yeah. They were really that bad. Yeah. I think on the, you know, on the visual side, right? Yeah. The, the symptoms that I think came out the most and the symptoms that I see improvement on the most mm-hmm. 
are uh, the bloating, especially, um, you know, to get personal, but in my face, right? Mm-hmm. And also the complexion mm-hmm. seems to uh, be very different than the pre-non-gluten time. Yes, it's, very, it's well, really different. Yeah, issues are huge. Um, I, my chapter is small because I didn't go into it in a big way, but I have a list of about 20 skin diseases that are probably eight or ten syllables long that you never heard of, and then some common ones like psoriasis and uh, eczema, um, acne can be linked and can clear up, you know, and some of those are also linked to dairy, too. You know, dairy is another big thing. And I find people that I talk to, about 50% of gluten-free people are also in need of being dairy-free. Mm-hmm. And I know I need to not do dairy. And I and when I do it, if I do it much, I get very stiff and very full in my, you know, up in my throat and all that post-nasal drip and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's really pretty dramatic. And so... I know that you've probably talked to a lot of people that have gone gluten-free just with all the research that you've done and have gone dairy-free. What's some of the most dramatic results that you've seen with people? What's the most dramatic improvement that you've seen? Well, there's um, a woman who told me about her son who at age three was violent, nonverbal, and noninteractive, and he was diagnosed with autism. They wanted to put him on drugs. And she didn't want to. She was an anesthetist, and she just, you know, wanted to take uh, a better route than drugs. So she she removed, she did some reading, and she removed dairy first, and then gluten a week or two later. And the child started to calm down and started to learn ABCs and then was starting to learn to read. He was able to go to um, pre-primary or for kindergarten, and without a one-on-one aid. Now, this is a child that was in terrible shape that they couldn't take out. So, uh, to me, this is huge. And, you know, you often read, oh, there's not enough research about gluten and dairy affecting kids uh, with autism. And, you know, and I think that discourages people from looking at this. They need to really look at this, but they need to look at it thoroughly. They need to know how to test for it and... You know, I mean, this is serious stuff, autism. And, you know, find out if your kid has an intolerance to gluten. Maybe they don't have celiac. Maybe they have an intolerance. Yeah, we have Um, to share this with uh, the Lyotas, who uh, former guests that uh, they they do learn to speak kid, and they talk about that. And this, I think, would be very important for them as well to share with their clients. Because I agree, and that... That is a huge um, thing that you brought up because when you think about a lifetime of medication, oh, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's huge. And some of these kids are smart, but they, you know, they just, it's, it's an awful thing. But there's a fair bit of research on the neurotoxic effects of gluten and dairy. And of course, there needs to be a lot more. Yeah. You know? Um, so, okay, so we're going to take our final break, and maybe when we come back, we could, you know, maybe start with where are the doctors here? I mean, it, it just seems like a no-brainer or common sense, and uh, maybe we can, we can go down that path. So please stay with us. 
We have more to come. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our special guest, Anne Sarkissian. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Anne Sarkisian. She's the author of Toxic Staple, How Gluten May Be Wrecking Your Health and What You Can Do About It. And this is such an important issue. And, you know, we're talking about it a little bit today, and I know that people are looking at gluten, as I said earlier in the show, and are saying, well, it's kind of a fad diet, but it's really not. There are so many different symptoms that going gluten-free can really help with. And we've been talking a little bit about symptoms, and I think you were talking about, like, skin issues and intestinal issues, but then there's also things like, brain fog, right? And just, you know, not feeling up to speed. And like you said, sometimes you get a cold and you could be celiac. That's right. You name just about any symptom or ailment. And, you know, it seems as though it might get better if you take gluten out of your life. There's Mm -hmm. research on over 300 symptoms, diseases, and associated conditions um, pertaining to gluten and how life can change for people. And some of it is real serious stuff. And, you know, I've been reading this a long time, and lately I'm reading a little bit more about words like uh, lymphoma, lymphatic, uh, leukemic, uh, myeloproliferative. I'm reading this in my celiac gluten research. And I actually looked up leukemia. I wanted to see what the symptoms were. They almost paralleled the symptoms of celiac disease. I wanted to write a poem about it, so I thought, I'll check the symptoms. And and I was shocked, you know. And there are mm-hmm. a lot of blood things linked to this. Blood symptoms things. like, um, what, lethargic, um, you can, tired? Yes, you can have fatigue, um, lack, just lack of interest. You know, you lose your vitality. Depression can be linked to this. Um I have a great story from a fellow who had um, allergies as a kid through life. He had skin issues as a kid, two or three kinds. Then as he got older, he, um, he had to take a nap at lunchtime in his car because he was so tired. And then he had depression. He also had arrhythmia going on. And then brain fog, uh, I mean, memory issues started to interfere with his job so that he couldn't, he knew the word he wanted to say, but he couldn't pull it up. And this man figured it out. He was very lucky uh, that he had a doctor that said, gee, let's test you for celiac. Mm-hmm. And he was positive seven months after doing the diet. Every one of those things got better. 
But he's a man that takes this diet very seriously, as everybody should. If you're intolerant, you should never consume this stuff. And when I got my test results back, uh, the stool testing that I did, on the sheet it said, if you want to avoid, and then he rattled off a half dozen very degenerative diseases, you need to do this 100% for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So you need to, you know, cut the poison out of your life. Yeah. <laughs> the toxins, so, along with yeah. a few others, you know. <laughs> So speaking of that, so when you do go and you and you cut gluten out of your life, and so I'm sure in the book that you go into that, what can a person expect? Like how quickly does gluten actually get out of your system, or does it linger? Well, it, it actually lingers um, for quite a while because you need to be eating gluten to do the blood test, but you actually can be off of gluten for, I don't know, maybe six months to a year because it, all those antibodies are still in your gut, and it takes a while for them to get out. Um, so that, you know. You See, and that's what's really interesting, because a lot of people will say, well, I'm kind of gluten-free, so I avoid different foods, but I'm not 100% gluten-free. And if you're not 100% gluten-free, then it doesn't really do you any good, does it? You're doing yourself in. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, some of the doctors may not... Um, go along with this and say, well, if you're gluten intolerant, well, we don't quite know. I mean, a few years ago they were saying, well, we don't quite understand this. We don't know how to test for it. I've read the research from Europe, you know, and they use other tests over there that we can use here. They're just not recognized by the NIH. I wonder why, Hmm. you know? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I was just thinking, right, with the doctors, I think it's easier for a doctor to test someone for celiac, maybe not as easy to test someone for uh, gluten intolerance. Well, they just don't know the test. And and the one test that they usually give, uh, if they think of it, is um, they set the bar high. So by the time you test positive, you probably have full-blown celiac. Mm. And you're probably a mess. And you probably had it going on you know, for years, developing. You know, it's kind of a slow thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be slow because my grandson, you know, he was pretty compromised in probably a couple of years. Well, maybe that but, was a yeah, good thing. Yeah, the doctors, uh, you know, I kind of look at it this way. You know, picture a river, <laughs> and on one side are the researchers, and they're doing a great job, and on the other side are the doctors, and they're trying to do their best to make their patients healthy. And in the river are all these poor people, and some of them just can't swim. They're so sick, you know, They're mm-hmm. floating down the river. Nobody is building the bridge. So it's all about education. And basically, I don't see a whole lot happening. Um, I could say maybe almost nothing happening to educate our doctors on this. And because of all the reading that I've done over the years, I, I, I mean, I think... If I were in charge of things, that I would make it a mandatory uh, class that every doctor in any facet of medicine, because this thing affects any part of your body, your mouth, your eyes, your skin, your everything. And, um, and this is not happening. There is something in the works from one of the universities that help educate doctors, but um, I looked at their testing information. I'm thinking, oh, great. <laughs> you know, I would add a few more tests. 
I'm wondering if it's because you mentioned earlier over 300 symptoms that the doctors would be only testing for gluten all the time. <laughs> yeah, right? well, it needs to be at the top of the list. It really does. You know, you're really sick. You've had this and that and the other thing wrong with you. All right, let's test them for gluten intolerance. It doesn't even have to be a test for celiac because according to a handful of doctors, it doesn't matter if it's celiac disease or whether it's an intolerance that's affecting some other part other than your villi. You know, it might be affecting your liver. My dad died of liver ailments. And I was reading about this research about hepatic liver and uh, sclerosing cholangitis, and I called his doctor to see, do you think dad had this? He said, yeah, I think he had one. It went into the other, and he got worse, and he died. Those two two things can resolve on a gluten-free diet. That that blew blew my mind. Well, and I don't think that there's any disease that you might have that may not be, you know, specific to diet that wouldn't benefit from watching your diet, right? So I think all of us need to really be careful and cognizant of what it is that we eat. Right. Um, because even if you get something that may not be related to a gluten intolerance, if you have some type of a disease, I think, you know, going gluten-free would absolutely help it. Well, you know, knowing what I know now, yeah, about gluten, I get remorseful, right? I'm sitting, you know, I'll be sitting in a meeting and I'll see people and I'll say, this poor guy, you know, needs to get off gluten. Um, My family, my history, right? I just go back in time. I mean, all the while, all think about the surgeries and it's just... Well, and you don't know if, if gluten would have been the thing that would have fixed it or not. I mean, we can't say that and we certainly can't diagnose it. However... It can't hurt it to go off of it and try it and to really go off of it and, you know, go off of it for, I mean, how long would, you know, if someone were to just decide that they wanted to be gluten free, um, and how long do you think that it would take before they would start feeling better if they did have a sensitivity? I think it's different with uh, different folks. Now, with my grandson, I can say that I think his tummy felt better in about a day and a half. And mm. he had wow. color in his cheeks in about a week and a half. And his muscles were developing in a couple of months. You Jeez. know, uh, and, and actually his whole disposition changed. I mean, he could have been, he was an irritable, um, almost could be a little mean, and um, couldn't sit still to play a game. And all of a sudden the kid is sitting still, he's calming down. Uh, it was a new boy, a whole new well, boy. And you know, feeling... With with other people, it's probably about the same, you know. Mm-hmm. The weight starts to fall off. You get a little bit more energy. I think probably in about three weeks, I felt more energetic. I lost 10 or 15 pounds, and I've heard of people losing 30 to 40 pounds by removing gluten, not necessarily trying to diet. Yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And it really is. Yeah, and I think everyone should at least give it a shot. Well, Anne, this has been an absolutely great show and a, and a great book. Thank you so much for well, being with us today and sharing all this information. It's terrific. Thank I you agree. so much. You guys are great. Oh, and then we're going to share this with as many as we come across because this is very important. Um, so all the best, and we'll check back in soon, and uh, have a great day. Thanks, Anne. Thanks so much, folks. Best okay. of Bye-bye.
and we're out of time, but um, toxicstaple.com. Yep. And it could be the answer. It could be the answer. Right. If you're not feeling great and your test results are coming back negative, give it a shot. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Exactly. Toxicstaple.com. Great book. Great stuff. Great show. Thanks, E. Thanks to Thank our you, producer, uh, Mr. Olson. And uh, we're off till next week. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva.